Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Do you have someone in your life who gets defensive and just won't listen no matter how carefully you approach them? Have you tried all the tools and nothing seems to work? Then you, my friend, are in the right place because today I'm going to teach you the research-backed secret to approaching people so they'll stop being defensive and finally listen to all the amazing things you've got to say. And I have a very exciting announcement, so stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. You already know that by now. And I'm very excited for today's topic because a lot of people wrote in in different ways. You know, I have the Ask Dr. Abby and sometimes the Ask Dr. Abby's, as you've noticed, have just become podcasts in themselves. Like I just go, instead of sort of just answering off the cuff, I really go and do some research and get things really dialed in for you because I love you. So if you wrote in with a question or just a podcast topic, which was also there, uh, then this is for you, you, you know, and for everyone else who could use it. And I'm excited right now. I got stuff going on. So first of all, I was quoted in the New York Times. Yes, your girl, your girl quoted in the New York Times last week, the week before. Very exciting. It was an article on how to help someone through divorce. And it just felt really exciting uh, to be quoted there. It was one of my goals. And, um, 
definitely New York Times bestselling author is also, I am an Amazon number one bestselling author, but I want to be a New York Times number one bestselling author. So yes, so I'm setting my sights on that. You heard it here first. Um, and then the really important thing I want to share is that I have a new website launched. So we've, you know, really updated the website. There's all kinds of amazing things there for you now. And we have merchandise. I've been talking about the merchandise for, oh, about three months now, four months. Five months? I don't know. Long time. It's here. It's now. It's wow. And there's something special for you because you're listening. So listen up. This is really important. So the merchandise on the website, really excited about. Um, and we have, you know, mugs and t-shirts and tote bags and all, all the things. Really cool notebooks. And uh, they have things on them like self-meditated and, you know, under the influence of love and addicted to hope and all the good things really because I love inspirational things around me so I created them to have even more and because you are listening and listening sort of soon to when this drops the you get 10% off all the merchandise that you want to buy I don't care if how much you buy you get to have 10% off of it and the code get ready get ready to write it down get ready here we go is love it l-o-v-e-i-t all caps Love it. All caps. Love it. One word, you know, just together, all capitals. Love it. And it's good until, I want to be clear, it's only good for a month from the date this podcast drops. So it's good until March 8th, 2022. So I'm not sure what, you know, somebody might be listening to this in 2024 and I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> you missed it. But I'm sure I have other deals by then. But right now you have that time. Uh, you can go in there and I hope you find things that inspire you and that motivate you and help keep you on track during your day. You know, every time you pick up your coffee mug or tea or, you know, whenever you go to write in your journal, you know, you really get sort of reminded of the things that I think are super important. So take advantage of that. Uh, again, it's good for this next month till March 8th, 2022. I'm not sure exactly when you're listening to this. So, um, you know, get your, get your buy on, get, get your shopping on. <laughs> it's here for you, but I really do want to thank you for um, being here with me. And I wanted to offer something for the people who really, uh, I just, you know, there's so many of you write in and really listen dutifully and, and wonderfully every week and really can't wait for the next episode to drop. So I'm, I put so much work into these for you because I love you so much and I want us all to get really well and healthy and live in an amazing world. So uh, this is just another way that I'm trying to spread the love. And I almost forgot to say, do not feel guilty if you want to share the 10% off coupon with someone you love. I'm cool. Like it's cool. We're, we are here to spread the love, to, to just be it have it everywhere. Don't spread the love in an icky way. You know what I'm saying here. Okay. No spreading the love in, you know, disgusting ways, but in, in wonderful ways, I'm down. So, <laughs> so don't feel, you know, you're not being sketchy. If you like say, Hey, give it to your best friend or something. It's all, I'm all good with it. Okay. So let's talk about our topic. Now, first you have to understand why people are defensive because when I give you again this research and and the tools I'm going to give you of course some very specific tools uh it'll make more sense if you understand the why right if you really have that in your head and I'm going to just tell you this people are defensive for one main reason you already know it you just don't always think about it one reason that you feel defensive that someone else feels defensive it's because they're feeling 
attacked. I Yeah, there's other things. Don't write in and yell at me. I understand. There's other things that come to play. There's always, as I always say, a perfect storm of things. But mostly, it's really, when it boils down, someone is feeling attacked. And I know, I, I see you. I see you. I'm here with you. I know you're likely thinking, but but how is that possible? I I approach my partner so nicely. Uh, you know, how could my mom feel attacked when all I do is walk on eggshells around her? Or I was so patient and calm when I spoke to my coworker, right? Well, that can all be very true, but you've got to remember and, you know, tattoo this on your ass. Attack is in the eye of the beholder. Attack is, is really up to someone else, what they feel. It, I get it. I don't ever mean to attack anyone. I shouldn't say ever, but very rare. I can't imagine. So rare. I, I'm just not that gal, but people feel it, right? Sometimes they feel attacked by me, even though my intentions are fabulous, of course. And I actually, I'm going to give you an example. How do you like that? I'm going to give you some love right now. I was speaking with a client about, it's probably about three weeks ago now, and and I had gently said something about she had come to me with anger issues. That was the original reason she came to, you know, start therapy with me. And uh, I gently said something about how she needed to take responsibility for her ang- uh, angry outbursts with her kids. And she had really like gone off in front of her children and she scared them. And one of them was crying. It was a whole thing. So and next thing I knew. Right. So we're talking. And I and. And again, you know me, I I said it really gently and lovingly. And she burst into tears, angry tears, not like she was angry and really told me that she felt berated. She felt shamed by me. Uh, You know, she wasn't paying to be bullied. She literally used that word. And I thought, bullied? Moi? I was kind of dumbfounded for a moment. I really was. You know, we've had a good relationship and... I thought we were sort of, you know, in a place where we, you know, I, and I've said really hard, I've said harder things to her before and she's really taken them well and opened up and we've had amazing conversations. So I was shocked and she was reacting, right? And it, it took me just a minute, thank God, you know, little moment there, but because she was reacting, it was so far from how I was feeling or what my intentions were. I mean, I was not feeling at all like she was a terrible mother. I re- I felt such compassion for her. And I was thinking about how, oh, it's so painful to yell at your kids or to, you know, have yelled in front of them or to done, done something that hurt your children. Oh, you know, it's the worst. And how do you not have compassion? I'm a mom. I, I ugh, That's just the worst. So now, again, so in this situation, it's it was actually pretty f- easy for me to see what was going on, right? Hello, trained psychologist. And this was not my mother or sister or best friend, so I wasn't taking it personally. But obviously you can see how hard this same situation would be with someone you're close to, or you maybe have had a history of them being or you being defensive and angry, right? So that could be the thing, you know? And even without having all the baggage, it took a minute, but... I was definitely able to speak to her using some of the tools I'm going to share with you today, but I was able to really speak to her in such a way that she was able to see her overreaction and total misinterpretation of of literally what I'd said, you know, what came out of my mouth because she had gone on and on about how I called her a terrible mother. She literally said that. And I was like, I did not say those words. And of course, and then as we talked some more, she was able to say that, you know, it's 
kind of co- not common maybe, but that she's told often enough that she blows things out of proportion, uh, you know, makes mountain out of molehills kind of things. And so she was able to really connect to that and realize that this was one of those moments. And she actually had a great aha in all there, which was amazing. And I did too, you know, we really talked about, um, it wasn't like I just said, oh, well, that's your, you know, your reaction. I was totally in the right. You know, I really talked to her about what the words I was saying and how, you know, where it went left and, and for myself, how I could try to be a little different in the future, right? And Again, using the tools I'm going to teach you, I could have done it a little different in the future. I could have, you know, a little bit predicted that um, this was going to be really hard for her. And I was just going off the past of, you know, kind of how our relationship had been without really giving that much thought. So, you know, I had responsibility here too. There was no two ways about it. But, you know, what was really going on was that my, my lovely, amazing, and she's amazing client, she was ashamed of the way she'd acted to her children. She was embarrassed. She obviously felt super vulnerable speaking to me about it and letting me see this her true self, these parts of herself that uh, that she hated about herself, that she didn't like about herself, that again, she felt ashamed about. So when I talked to her, when I said this about taking responsibility, she felt attacked because all that shame came to the surface and she was lashing out defensively. There it is, right? So defensiveness is just that it's an ego defense and it's really meant to protect our little psyches from harm it's it's a suit of armor we put on so we don't have to listen don't have to acknowledge don't have to change our own behavior you know think about it if, if I think of myself as a good person like this client did she thought of herself as a good mother because she was <laughs> so if I'm a good mother right and then abby points out something i did that doesn't feel good that why how would a good mother yell at her kids then you know i did something wrong on point and that's what happens a lot when we're giving someone feedback we're quote unquote pointing out something they did wrong right something that we don't like which means it must be wrong so my ego is going to tell me not to listen to that because I'm a good person. I wouldn't have done this wrong thing. I wouldn't be a bad mother. It doesn't line up with the way we think about ourselves. So again, defensiveness comes into play. Uh, you know, I'm a good person. That means whatever you're telling me is BS. It's bullshit. And I get to deny it in some way. So see how that works? Okay. <laughs> and people are defensive. Also because taking responsibility for their actions feels scary. It just feels scary, either because they're worried about you not loving them. There's this insecurity there. If I really say this, then, you know, you'll think I'm a bad person and you won't love me anymore and you'll leave me. Or, or and really, it's, it's related to, you know, that I'm unlovable somehow. Or, again, like, because they're worried about being abandoned or rejected for doing something wrong, which might have happened in your childhood, which might be something you saw, you know, your parents doing to each other. Like, who knows? But it feels, like, at a core level, like something really bad that you're trying to avoid. And, and I really want you to get this part. Believe it or not, the vast majority of people, including you, <clears throat> are not trying to be defensive. Defensiveness is so largely unconscious it's just a it's a knee-jerk reaction it's a defense mechanism because it's a learned behavior it's a learned behavior babies aren't defensive (laughs) and it's become a habit it's a learned behavior that's become a habit taking a drink of water 
noticing myself coughing there a little bit. <clears throat> Even I can't talk nonstop without a little sip of water. <laughs> okay. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. And I want to just quickly, before I get to my little tips here and the research, I want to just say that defensiveness shows up, I think, in some obvious ways, but also some sneaky ways that people don't even realize that they're being defensive. Um, and this might be you, or this might be, again, someone you're thinking about. But so some of the ways, and some of them, again, are obvious, you know, anger, it's a little more obvious. And the you know, turning it around. So you confront your, let's say your partner with something they did and they say something like, um, oh, oh, you say, I don't listen. What about you? You never listen. Right? And they sort of, um, they'll, what do you mean I'm late? You're always late. You know, what about the other day when you didn't do this thing? They immediately like shift it. That's defensiveness, right? That's just, you know, that. Uh, some of gaslighting is not on purpose. Everyone, we hear that term gaslighting, we always think of narcissists. And so if you tell someone they're gaslighting, they get very angry and upset. And I believe that not all gaslighting is intentional. And I know that some people feel like it's, you know, well, it must be intentional because that's the origin of gaslighting. You know, it comes from the, I think it's the Hitchcock movie, Gaslighting, right? Uh, gaslight. Um, you know, it's, and I've done all episodes on gaslighting you can go refer to but I believe that um I know I've said things sometimes it's like such a innate thing it's so it's like so in the fabric of something that we do it without really thinking realizing that it's gaslighting so some behaviors like um oh like why are you always criticizing me right why are you always criticizing me Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Again, that kind of always and never talk is is a bit gaslighting. So first of all, you're not always doing it, right? And when people are lashing out with that, and it's a way of really pushing people away and telling them that what that they have this other reality that they always gaslight that that's all they always criticize, sorry, that that's all they do. And that's kind of to me a little bit of sometimes intentional but sometimes unintentional gaslighting. Minimizing I think comes up a lot as some unintentional gaslighting um you know, why are you so upset about this? You shouldn't be so upset about this. I don't know why everything bothers you. You know, we say, I don't know. If you're human to if I think if you're human, you've said something like that. I, I don't know anyone who hasn't. I mean, in, in a moment of despair or defensiveness and not seeing things, you know, you said that. It doesn't mean you're a narcissist. It doesn't mean that you're a gaslighter. It means that you, you know, had this moment of doing that. 
it's just what it's like if you get angry at things. It doesn't mean you're an angry person. It just means that you have moments of anger, you know. So I do want to put that out there. I might I might get some hate emails for this, but I don't care um, because it's the truth. And so just just think about it, you know, if you've used that stuff. And you can use a different title if you don't like thinking of gaslighting. Um, but it's definitely in defense. How's that? It's just defensiveness. Um Acting the victim. So I see this one with some regularity. And this to me is a little more sneaky defensiveness. Again, very unconscious by people. But sometimes you'll tell someone something that you'd like them to change or, you know, you give them feedback and they take it, they take too much of the blame. You, you know, you tell your partner you don't like something they said they did, or you tell a coworker or whoever. I know I'm talking about partners a lot in this, but obviously this applies to all relationships. But you tell someone something you don't like that, you know, they did and they say, I know I'm such a piece of shit. I'm the worst. I'm such an asshole. Da, da, da. I, I've, see, I've had this happen in session with couples. And next thing you know, right, you, you've given the person this feedback. They, they're just like, I know I can't seem to change this. I'm so terrible. I don't know why you're with me. And now you're taking care of them. Now you feel bad. Well, that's defensiveness because I'm not gonna, now we're not going to talk about the thing because now I just crumpled into a, a ball of goo at your feet. So there's nothing, there's no person here to talk with. So believe it or not, that is often an unconscious way of being defensive. Um, some more obvious ones are justifying, you know, arguing that what you did was okay because of X, Y, and Z, you know, that's defensive. Clearly blaming is defensive. Uh, you know, I can never do anything right around here. I act this way because you're always nagging me. You know, blaming someone else for the behavior. Um, another one that's a little unconscious, I think, is the silent treatment. I don't realize, I mean, I think it's sneaky. I don't think people always, I think most of these are unconscious. I don't think people a lot of times realize that the silent treatment is def, is is being defensive. Uh, you know, getting the cold shoulder. We're not having the conversation. I'm going to threaten you with silence if you bring it up again. <laughs> so, so no matter the reason, no matter what it is, it doesn't, again, you know me, I like to give you the reasons, but don't spend your whole day thinking about why. Just get to the doing. It, it Just get to, well, it's here and I have to deal with it. So that's enough. So no matter the reason, it's up to you to remember that, what do I say all the time? You co-create all your relationships, including this one with, you know, Debbie defensive or, or Donald defensive. <laughs> okay. So it's up to you to take responsibility for your side of the street. I know. I'm sorry but it is. Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to give you help because that's what I do. Cause I love you. All right. So here's the secret to dealing with defensive people. And believe it or not, there's actually been a ton of research on what works best when someone is defensive. And here's what we know from the research. Here's what's been like in a preponderance of research. Okay. In a lot of different uh, studies. And I will always link at least to one or two of those in the notes. I, I don't like having my show notes or blog posts just full of, it just gets ridiculous. If you're that interested, go look it up yourself. But I'll give you a little love, you know, I'll give you a little place to start um, where the research is. And it does worry me sometimes that there's so much information out there that's not based on research. That's just sort of like what seems like a good idea. And it doesn't mean it is. It, it worries me a little bit. But anyway, so defense, here's what we know. Defensiveness gets worse 
when people respond to us negatively, and let me be, let me get granular here. If, if we feel rejected or stigmatized in any way, we get more defensive. And this is important. I'm going to, you know, bring this into the tips. And it might seem obvious to you, but I don't think you realize this when if someone's being defensive and that keeps happening, then you're not really realizing this. You're not really taking this to heart. And on the other hand, defensiveness is reduced when we feel secure, respected, and valued in our group, you know, in in our homes, in our family of origin, in our workspaces, with our romantic partners, our groups, you know. So you can see already that the tips I'm going to give you are very focused on this. And that's, again, I think what's been missing a lot. So, and and this research also recommends, like, especially this one study, by the way, to my Australian peeps, go Australia. There was a lot of research. Australia has some damn good researchers. Um, (laughs) This is a Flinders University in Australia. I'm 99% sure. I apologize if I'm getting this wrong. Uh, it's going to be in the notes, so it'll be for sure. But it's, I'm, I, I, it's Flinders. And the, the, so the research recommends this, and I'm going to kind of quote it. It's emphasizing respect and value for the person, even if you disagree with their views or actions. Okay. In addition, it's important to provide an opportunity for the other person to express their values before talking about a specific problem. I know. So I'm going to operationalize that for you in my tips. I mean, all this research, I'm going to put it into action. So here's the deal. Let me just say this. We humans have a primitive, neurologically wired, psychological need to feel valued and included within our primary groups. Again, work, friends, family of origin, all the things. As you know, and our romantic partners obviously. So when someone thinks we did something wrong or tells us something they don't like, this hardwired need, right, is threatened. And that drives the defensive response. That's that idea we feel threatened, attacked. Remember I said attack before? That's what's going on. And then we're more and more defensive. So when you're speaking to another person about something, you, you know, something you, you, you want to address, you have to keep in mind their deep need to belong and be valued. And you can reduce the defensiveness that's coming at you. <gasps> yes. Isn't that cool? So, and again, all, you know, there's sometimes like a thousand tips you'll hear, but if they don't incorporate these things that we know work, what are you doing? All right. So with that, this research in mind, I have my top three tips that I'm going to give to you right now. And you can use one of these, all of these, whatever works for you. So tip number one is timing. And I've talked about this before, but now you see it ground in the research. You know, one of the biggest issues I see, per, I see all the time, that leads to a defensive reaction is when people choose, is, is the when people choose to have conversation right? When? what You've heard me say this a thousand times. If you've been here with me, you've heard me say this a thousand times. You have to connect to correct. And now you really know why, given the research. Yes, it's here. The best time to have a conversation is when you're in a good place and feeling connected to the other person. I know. I know you want to avoid harder conversations when you're getting along because you're thinking, well, I don't want to rock the boat now. Like we're getting along. I don't want to do this now. But again, 
that's the best time to bring something up and not get a defensive response. That's the best time to have a great conversation when you're getting along. So this is really what you want to do. And I understand that there are times when you're just in a terrible place with someone already. So you're not going to be able to do that one. I get it. That's why I have two other tips. So don't worry. I I, I got you. you. As my son says, I got you, fam. I, I got your back. So I get it. But if you can do tip number one, I want you to. If you can't, if you're already like in a shit show with this person, I'm swearing a lot today, aren't I? <laughs> Having a day. There you go. Just hang out. Uh, if it's already yucky with this person and there's not much, you know, it's like, I can't wait for a good time. It's not going to happen. Then skip that. Okay. Tip number two. And this one you can always do no matter what. I want you to set that intention before you talk about what you want to talk about. I want you to set it first and out loud. If you're focusing on being effective, you need your intention to be focused on the other person feeling valued and respected, okay? You Right? What did we just say? That's how you know you'll get less. You'll get less defensiveness. And I don't care if you hate Bob from work. I always say Bob at work, don't I? Bob from accounting. I don't care. I don't care if he's such a jerk. Oh my gosh, a misogynistic, racist jerk. I don't care. You're gonna have to, if you wanna get heard, if, if you wanna quit the job or run him out of town or something else, have at it. But otherwise, if you got to work with this person, you got to figure this out and you have to have a way of connecting and talking. And by the way, if you could get a way of connecting and talking, it's possible you'd be able to mention these other icky things he's got, Bob's got going on <laughs> um, and have it be heard. So there you go. So start where you start. So, and I'm sure if there's a Bob from a, who works in accounting listening, I'd love to hear from you. Just, you know, send me an email going, hey, Abby, stop using my name and job. Okay. <laughs> And But if you do that, email me. I want you to give me a name I should use and a new department I should use. That's what I want to hear. Okay, there you go. You can get off the hook and I can start using something else. I like that little interaction, little love between us. Okay, so <laughs> there's tens of thousands of people listening. It's, it's, a, it's a good shot that someone's named Bob in accounting. Okay, so here we go. So how do you do this? I'm going to give you a bunch of examples, but it's something like, I'm excited to speak with you about something. Maybe this is your partner, okay? Because I'm really looking forward to us deepening our relationship. Do you see where that went? (laughs) Um, A way to show the value. I feel so supported by you and I deeply appreciate the many ways you see see me, many ways you care for me. And there are some ways I'd also, some other ways I'd feel appreciated. And I want I want to talk about them and also ask you what ways you'd like to feel seen and heard that I might be missing. Remember earlier when I talked about the research, it's also about getting them to say what they, the value, you know, the respect that they have, like where they are coming from. So that one is a double. That, that takes care of all of it. And you can even say, we can start with you if you like, if you want. Let's start with you. Um, Another thing you could do, setting intention, being clear out loud first, hey, you know, Joe, I want us to talk about X and I want you to know that it's my deep intention to listen fully to everything you say. My biggest goal, let me say this well, my biggest goal is that you feel heard and understood. I also want you to know that I take full responsibility in this relationship and, and that's why I want to speak to you. We're co-creating 
uh, this together and I want it to be amazing for both of us. So I want us both here. Um, I'm trying to get uh, brilliant here. I, another, I want to, uh, you can approach someone. I want to speak to you about X, whatever it is. And I want to be clear that my only goal is that we become closer and have a deeper, more loving relationship from this conversation. And I am going to do everything I can in this conversation to make sure that that happens. Um, at work, obviously, you don't want to talk about deepening the love. So it might be something like, I want to speak about X. And my only goal is for us to find a solution together that really fits for both of us. I value you. Hopefully you can say that. Or I value your work or whatever. And I want you to feel that. For me, it won't be a good solution unless you feel heard and seen as we're talking right now. Can you imagine if someone said those things to you? If they were coming to you with something they wanted to work on or something they wanted to change and they came, hello, you'd be putty in their hands. Well, it really, really works. And I've shared on the podcast before, um, times I've done this at, at when, when I'm doing consulting, times I've done this just with clients in general, times I've done this with my kids, with Gary, with, you know, every, you, you know, friends. Like, I've done this before when I was, you know, thinking we might have something really, uh, I matter of fact, I just did it recently with my wonderful son, Max, who we're talking about colleges and just the talk of it gets him very defensive because he has a lot of shame about bad grades and, you know, he hasn't been doing, hadn't do, done so well for a long time. He did recently turn that around, which is very exciting. Got all A's last semester, like out of nowhere. Um, not out of nowhere, out of a lot of work. But anyway, um, you know, there's just a lot of nervousness that he has about it. He's he's terrified. So whenever I bring it up, he, he you know, so when I start with, hey, we're going to find a solution together. I want to talk about college and I want to hear from you what you're feeling about it. What what runs through your head when I even say, let's talk about college. <laughs> and, you know, starting from that place so that I don't get all the defensiveness and all the, I don't want, you know, or the yelling or the whatever. He doesn't really yell at me, but, or ever. I shouldn't say really. He's never yelled at me. He doesn't do that. But um, do you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't want him to be on the defense and then nothing happens. So all of that, setting it out loud and doing it in that very particular way where you're thinking about them feeling affirmed, included, respected, valued, right, will take you so friggin' far, it's not even funny. Okay. Tip number three, make it a wee thing. <laughs> it's a wee thing. Yeah. What do I always talk about? So, but based on the research I just mentioned, right, again, you want this other person to feel included. Okay, again, not like an outcast or not rejected in any way. And the easiest way to do this, and something I've been advocating for years, I mean, come on, since day one of the podcast, you want to approach the other person from a we perspective. Before you speak to them about what's bothering you or what you want to change, I really, I need you to stop and think about how to approach them from the, from the us thing, from like, we're all gonna, this is a problem for everybody. This is an issue we all have to talk about. You want to spend some time and think about how to not blame them in any way or not to be angry or frustrated with them, not to go in the conversation with that because they're not going to feel like a we, <laughs> but to instead see how you could approach the issue from a team perspective right? See how you could bring it. Like, uh, I think a, a example I use a lot because it comes up a lot. Let's say you're unhappy with your sex life, okay? And you want to speak to your partner about it. And if you think about it as a we thing, not, 
I'm right, they're wrong, and they need to, you know, I want more sex, so they just, that's the right thing, so they need to do it. You want to think about it, again, together. Think about how you're not right for wanting more sex and how your partner isn't wrong for not being as interested or vice versa. And instead, you know, think with compassion and openness about the entire situation, right? Mostly, you know, the most important thing, instead of making statements, what do I always say? Come on. You have to know. I'm going to take a sip of water as you think. What do I always say? Mm-hmm. Don't sack. <laughs> don't offer suggestions. Don't give advice. And don't criticize. So instead, you want to ask those collaborative questions. Collaborative questions. And I will have a list of collaborative questions ready for you. Abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Come on over to the show notes page or look at the corresponding blog. It'll be in either place. And I will have for free a list of collaborative questions. If you haven't downloaded them yet, you want them. They're really good. I give them to my clients all the time. <clears throat> so this is the same thing people pay a lot of money for. <laughs> I hand to my clients. So you want to ask questions that are open-ended and meant to uh, really open the dialogue up. Right. So so again, when you're getting along, you might ask, um, you know, let's say, again, you want more sex than they want and they don't. Let's say it's that. So you're getting along. So you're thinking, OK, this is a we thing. How can I come at this from another direction? So to me, the very best question to ask ever in the history of questions is what would you like to see more of in our sex life? Ask that. What would you like to see more of? And that will also probably clue you into how you could get more sex <laughs> if you do the things. Could could help. Um, you could also ask, what would you like to see less of um, when we talk about sex? Or what would you, you know, I don't like that as much because I think it gets into a weird area. But what would you like to see more of? And if the person doesn't have an answer, wait it out. Say, all right, I want you to think about it and come back. Like, let's talk about it another time. Uh, you, if that really stonewalls, you could say something, ask something like, um, what, what are the ways you feel close to me? What, what are the things I do? What do I say when you feel the closest to me? Uh, how am I acting? How am I treating you? What specific things am I doing that you go, oh my God, I'm married to the greatest person alive or I'm, you know, with the greatest person alive. When you find out that gold, you are, it's a beautiful thing. Right. When you're finding out, we call these bright spots. I did a whole podcast on episode on bright spots. Um, when you uh, ferret those out and get like what's working and really focus on what's working and do more of it, it's a beautiful thing. But no matter what, I'm just going to say this overall, you've got to go into conversations with an intention to be compassionate and curious. That has to be what's happening as you enter in to whatever this conversation is with your partner, with your boss, with your, you know, your brother, your mom, whoever, you, you've got to have that first. But hopefully now when you're seeing that what the research is showing and really understanding that that's what's in the way, it's like magic when you use these pieces. And you just have to make sure it's authentic. If you really hate Bob and accounting, Send me that email, Bob. Uh, if you really don't like Bob, you can't say, you know, you're a good guy. That's not real, right? It's not true. 
but maybe Bob really does do a good job in accounting. Maybe he values the company a lot. Maybe you can believe that he's actually out for the best interest of the company, even though he acts like an a-hole about it. <laughs> There's probably something there you could find to key into and say, I get it. You care a lot about this company. It's obvious. And I need to respect that. And I, you know, to me, you're, you're somewhat, maybe in that way, I aspire to be like that. I, that's great. Uh, you know, you, it's just got to be authentic. And again, so yeah, don't say anything that doesn't feel true. But when you let someone know that you value them, that you respect them, that you um, maybe, whatever it is, that you have that, that makes all the difference. But you have to say that out loud. And again, so, and finding out from them what they need and even starting with that when you have an issue is how it all starts to open up how it all starts to be different. Okay. And that's it for how to get someone to stop being defensive and start listening to all the great things you have to say. <laughs> Even though I just told you, you can't offer suggestions, give advice or criticize. Um, but so you might be realizing that some of the things you have to say aren't really sayable, that you have to think about a different way to approach and, and have true communication. Uh, but that's it for this week. I know that if you're listening to this when it first drops, it's Valentine's Day next week, the week after. And uh, I won't be talking to you again until after Valentine's Day is over here in the United States and other places that celebrate it. So um, remember, I love you. I don't know who else you've got to be your Valentine. I am your Valentine too. I just adore you. I love our time together. I love your questions. I love researching and figuring out great ways to give you the information. Um, crazy as that might sound, it's the truth. And, you know, I love having this relationship with you. So I feel like your Valentine. If you feel lonely this Valentine's Day or like someone's not getting you, I get you. I'm here. There you go. Feel free to send me some Valentine's love if you're up for it. I don't know. Email me, abby at abbymetcalf.com. Send me a question. Send me something, uh, a topic you'd like covered. Tell me just how fabulous the podcast is. Tell me how much you like the merchandise. Oh my God, I love my mug. I'm just sipping from it right now. Whatever works. <laughs> I always like hearing from you and anyone who has ever written in before knows I do respond. Sometimes it takes me a minute, but I absolutely make it a priority to respond to everyone. I know, crazy. It's, it's, it's some time every week, but I think it's important again because we're all in this together. All right, have an amazing week. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.